This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. World, welcome into Moneyline. It's a beautiful Sunday, no football, but we still have action, and it's no better action to get it here than on ESPN 97.5. It's Sunday morning. I am Jerry Bow at Jerry Bow Knows with a Z. That's the statistician, my partner in grind at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you can find him on Twitter, Josh Jordan. Hey, what's going on, Jerry? Happy Sunday, my man. Hey, it's a happy Sunday because, like I mentioned, we don't have football, but we still have plenty of action, some hoops to get to, a little bit of UFC talk from last night, a little bit of Canelo knockout that we might get to. There's a little bit of everything on the plate. Whatever you want, phone lines are open, 713-780-3776, at Moneyline975, which we can find us on Twitter, and behind the glass, none other than Tyler Cito. What's happening? Good morning, gentlemen. Nah, I don't even know where to start, right, because... Last week, we started with Watson right off the top, right? But then you ask yourself, where do we, where do we even start today? Because I feel like that needs to be addressed at some point. When do we get to it? But then there's also baseball on the horizon. I woke up today, and I'm not even going to lie. I didn't even realize it was today that the first day that we'll see. And again, I saw some of the guys in the lineup, and you start wondering, all right, is this real baseball? But it's baseball. We'll take it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. It doesn't matter who's up there. Just put on the Astros jersey and let's go, especially with the, uh, let's, let's say, the taste in our mouths that, that was left from last season. The, 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 I guess let's call it mini comeback in the series. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, I think it carries over, right? Man, <laughs> they were in the ALCS again. They were a game away from the World Series. A game away, that, and they should never even got that close. I mean, they, they really did a good job of fighting back in that series, and I'm excited about this team, man. A little later in the show, I want to get into I haven't even looked at the win total. I want to take a look. I think they're, they should be a lock to win the division. I really like their chances to go deep again. I like this baseball team, and I'm telling you, man, like the Texans, the Rockets, Houston fans need something to cheer about and get behind. That's the Astros. Do you really think that this season, and I know you're a big Astros guy, What what's the uh... – I hate to use the terms. What's the what's the floor and the ceiling? I hate to do it like that, but what's the actual? What, what are we expecting out of this team going forward? Is it improvement from last season? Because you said they already made it that far. So what's more improvement other than going to the World Series? You know, other than that, what do you expect to see from this team that will make you say, okay, we're going in the right direction? Yeah, I, I want to get Tyler's thoughts on this. He's a big Astros guy. I think they could be right back in the ALCS again, Tyler. I, I definitely agree with that. Even uh, without Springer, they don't take a step back. Uh, as far as that, yes, but, I mean, you got to remember, they were they did all that last year without Jordan in the lineup, So and Kyle Tucker was kind of crushing it. So if Tucker does what he does and Jordan can – actually get on base and like get people in, like bat runs in, then I think that kind of replaces 
George Springer a little bit, and you're pretty much the same lineup. Like you still have speed with Straw that he can get around the base pass. Like I think I, I really think that they're probably going to be ALCS is like their their goal. I'm with you, and I think the other thing is. Altuve had an all-time down year last year. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, that too. He's definitely, I mean, defensively and at the plate, like one of those has to get better. And if it does, then you're in a better position than you were last year. It's true. And the phone lines are open right now because this is a topic I wanted to get to at some point today. And let's go ahead and just lead it off since baseball is back in the air. 713-780-3776. So now I'm seeing reports from Dusty and, and a few others saying, you know, Altuve's in a great place now, and he's walking around smiling again and whatnot. And that's all in fine and dandy, but to me, maybe I'm reading it too too far, right? Because they're saying that all offseason he worked on his mechanics again, and, and he, he went back. But if you look at what – I don't think the problem is having to change his mechanics again because he didn't, he didn't have no errors in the regular season. So it's, it's how many yips he has from that little time, that little – which was crucial moments, but we all know – we know if you've watched Altuve, you know that that's not who he was. So I don't think it's at that point. I think it becomes even more mental because you're telling yourself, "Man, I need to change something that's not need. To, if it's not broke, don't fix it." It's yes, the yips you have to get them out somehow. Maybe time, maybe time. Now we're hearing that there was other things going on personally within his family, things like that that he was dealing with. That maybe his head wasn't there, but. I don't like the whole narrative right now of pushing. Man, his head's back. He, he went throughout off season and and now he changed his mechanics he's been working hard on it he looked back at the tape and realized what he did wrong and i'm thinking man that was a little window of who he really is it's true look you're totally right it i mean that's all in your head we're not going to know if the throwing issue is a problem again until they start playing real baseball games and he's throwing the baseball i'm kind of with you though working through the mechanics on throwing i i just wouldn't want him to even think about it you know, just kind of go on business as usual because we saw at the plate during the playoffs, especially towards the end, like he was back to being Altuve, man. Like he was swinging the bat. He was a big plus in that lineup. It feels like he he got he got back to being Altuve with the bat last year. And usually success builds more success. So he's coming into a season knowing that he came off of the playoffs last year really hitting the ball well. So hopefully that'll carry over. So let's talk about, because I remember last year you would talk about it, and I think you even had some on Sports Map about how he was, uh, he, he kind of chased a little bit more than he was. And we saw his numbers, for example, last year, or usually he's in the top 10% of non-strikeouts, you know, avoiding to being struck out. Last year, 18.6% last season. The year before that, 15%. The year before that, 13.2%. So my question is, it's been jumping up every season is there something to that? Because we know that he's always been a guy that you can't even – there's not a bad pitch. Whether it's low, whether he has to hit it, wherever it is, he can make contact on it. And sometimes you would think, man, that's a that's a bad swing. But then when it's Altuve, you say, it's Altuve. And somehow he, boom, hits it into the outfield. And then before you know it, he's on first or second. And you just don't even realize how bad of a swing it really was. So my question is, is there something to this going forward as this – Average drops as far as not only batting average, but also the strikeout percentage. Yeah, that was a deal. And it was Grayson uh, Skewers who wrote this article on SportsMap for us. And I'll pull it up. Uh, you know, we'll go through some of the numbers here in a little bit. But basically, you're right. He was, you know, it was his chase percentage. He was, he's always been a good bad ball hitter, but he was chasing even more bad pitches. And, you know, that's just, 
it's a deal where eventually it's going to catch up with you. When you're, when you're swinging at balls, you're not swinging at strikes, that's eventually going to catch up with you, and it did last year. So he just needs to, you know, make sure he's getting quality pitches, and I think he'll be fine. Well, th- like – Early in his career, I mean, whenever he started, I would say 2014, 2015, 2016, whatever, like that stretch, he was, it was like he was hitting anything that was, that he swung at, even if it was all like almost in the dirt outside of the lineup or outside of the, outside of the strike zone. Like, I think he kind of got it in his mind that he could hit something like that. And so he starts swinging at stuff and, and obviously that's kind of tapered off a little bit now he's aiming for like he's trying to hit stuff a little bit more inside the zone but i think last year it was he was kind of pressing a little bit and he's trying to get those hits when he probably should have just laid off pitches that's what it was and i i have the article right here so what happened was his chase percentage increased to 35.2% which was a 5.2% increase from 2019 and 2018 and now it was the highest his chase percentage has been since 2015. But the thing is, is he made contact on those swings 79.7% of the time. But last year, he only made contact, uh, contact 67% of the time. So, see, that's where the, the big difference is. I think the standard that he was just laid out for himself going back to that 2016 season, and then now it's slowly gone down. But, uh, again, though, if you, it comes with the territory. If you're that guy... And he's always been that guy. I'll call him old reliable. If we look at a lot of the big moments, he, he you know, he's been there. Even his bat, especially. Um, I think that the yips is real, though. I don't know what. What do y'all think about the yips? As far as does it carry from season to season? What What are the yips? Is it something that could carry the rest of a career if it's in a big game? I mean, what is it? It usually does. I mean, you know, you think of Chuck Knobloch, and there's some other examples. Uh, Rick Ankill from the the Cardinals. Yeah. It's usually a thing that, that doesn't go away, unfortunately. So, we, you know, I'm, I'm just praying for Altuve. It's something he can put in the past. I know something else that doesn't go away, and that's bad knees, right? And then yeah. now we're talking about Jordan. Let's get to him real quick because all you're talking about now is that his, his knees feel fantastic, which I love to hear that. But then now I'm hearing reports also that they might try to, um, I guess, slowly ease him into sometimes playing first base. And then you made a, a great point when we were pre-gaming about how Yuli might not be here soon. Yeah. So then maybe they're going to need an, a, a, a replacement, at which point I thought, man, with bad knees, that first base, that's that's going to be a lot of wear and tear on those knees. You know, a first baseman, he's always getting down. But then you start asking yourself, what's a great position for him to feel that? What's the return? Is it is the risk worth the reward as far as having him out there to have the extra at-bats? Or, or do you just – is he a lifelong DH? We're going to have to – he's so young, right? It's hard to – decide if Jordan is going to be able to only be a DH. But, hey, the good news is you're in the American League, so at least you have the DH. Him being young, though, with knee problems, does that make him feel older in your eyes? Because, they're, you know, he's not the typical guy for his age at, at, the, at the, let's call it at the speed he's progressing, especially with knees. That's something, knees, back, you already know that. Those are two things that, that you don't get back, especially in this sport. It's, those knees are tough. You know what also concerns me, Jerry, is his size. He's a big dude. Yeah. There's a lot of weight on those knees. Yeah. No, I just I just wonder here, man, because I guess uh, baseball is back in the air, and then you start hearing these things, and sometimes it's coach speak. Sometimes it's it's just trying to get everything going, the momentum. But as far as these two little topics that we got to, and they're going to be big, 
with this team is going to be Altuve. Can he get back to where he was? Are the yips gone? Which, I like I said, I think it was just that little matter of that little segment because if you look at who he was during the season, that's not who he was. And in Alvarez, that's something we'll find out on the go because we can't we can't predict, uh, I guess, health, especially of his knees. I, I will say this. I'd rather him get those surgeries out of the way when he's a young man. You know, you bounce back from those things quicker when you're in your 20s than in your 30s. Yeah, let's bounce back this whole show because I have my play of the month. I know I've been talking about it on Twitter. There's probably uh, plenty of you listening right now for that little reason, and I'm going to give it to you at some point, I think. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. Shout out to everyone on Twitch. You're not on Twitch and you're just listening on your radio. Get on over there because we have a nice little community. Everyone hangs out every single Sunday morning. We all get going. So shout out to everyone. Shout out to Donna. Aggie Milkman saying there's the Red Bull always on top of Josh's Red Bull. Jermaine Every's in the house. What's, What's up, going on? Jefecito over state lines. Thanks for tuning in. Again, shout out to everyone on Twitch. And yes, I will be giving out that play. I'm asked again at some point. We got to tease it at some point, right? I can't just give it to you off the top. We got to wait, make you wait for the goods. I'm excited about this one, Jerry. I haven't, I haven't gotten on like really any action except for the since the Super Bowl, except for one Rockets game where I got killed and decided I'm never betting Rockets for the rest of the year. But uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Ready to get my, I'm ready to be gripping, hoping something makes me some money. It's been a while. Let's get over to Lamont's comment here because he makes a great one. He says, are we forgetting how bad the Astros looked in the regular season? They got hot in a fluky year where everyone was in, got in the playoffs, which I say, okay, that, there is truth to that. But at the same time, you see teams get hot at the right time. The Nationals did it, right? Yeah. They got right at the, and let's think back at what we felt early in that season with all the injuries. They should have never even got there, right? And that's why I asked you guys what would consi- be considered success because last year, considering all the all the injuries, uh, not having any pitchers, you, you know, just it, slowly and surely there was holes all throughout that season, and then eventually it ended, it ended the yips, you know, with guys out there but not playing to themselves. But overall, you have to say where you felt after you heard the Verlander news, for example, and you were just like, all right, it's over. I mean, what are we even doing this year? Don't get me wrong. You knew that the, the bats and, and not necessarily over, and that's a little drastic, but you knew, okay, we're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, World Series isn't even attainable at this point, I don't think. But they made it somehow, and I think that this this year going into it, maybe the bar is set at where it was already because you think if health is not a problem and we're hearing, yes, Georgie's going to be gone, but that that lineup has always been deep. I think it's the best lineup in the American League. I've really, even without Springer, what, you know, Lamont, he makes a valid point. We didn't know that Fromber was going to turn into a number one ace when, that, when that, Verlander went. A down. blessing in disguise. You know, that, that, that's, a, that's a big thing. And I think the success of this season is going to, is, is Fromber that dude going forward? I'm, you know? And if that's the question we have, I'm, I'm kind of confident. How about you? Well, you got to remember last year, 60 games, right? This year, 
they're planning on playing a full 162. Uh, I'm looking at the rules for like post game or postseason, which I think it's. I don't think it's going to be as many uh, teams allowed in as last year, and well, yeah, I, I think it's just kind of back to normal. So with kind of getting like having hitting those lulls last season, like you got to think like that would have happened in the regular season and then they would have figured out a way to get around it. And not to mention like with Fromber and Anoli and uh, Javier, like all those guys, like they had to throw them out there and it almost benefited the Astros in a way because they were able to see that these guys had something and they're able to pitch the way they did. So I think having like being able to figure that out last season benefits them tremendously this season. I completely agree. Now you know what you have in the clubhouse. At least you know now. And you had to put them up against bad situations a lot of the time. And remember, a lot of the times the bats can get going. And you make a great point. Baseball is such a long season that it's a a lot of up and downs. A lot of up and downs. And then you get hot. And then you have your little... Your little window of 30, 40 games where you do great, and that's what end, ends up ultimately breaking you to the other side of the postseason. It, it does. But it, uh, for what we have now going into it and learning what the pitchers have been, getting getting healthy on all aspects, on the offensive side, on the pitching side, everything, I think that the, 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 the bar is the same as where they ended last season. And I think here's what really helps them too. The division got worse. The yeah. A's aren't as good as they were last exactly. year. You know, the Angels, I'm not really worried about them. The Mariners, no. So it, it helps that the division got worse. Let's switch gears a little bit here because things don't get better here in town. And the, the topic of conversation this week was that Deshaun Watson met with David Cully and that meeting went as so as Watson saying again that he didn't want to play here. So last week we talked about we didn't even know if they had met or not. Again, this is all new uh, news to us. We only get to talk to you on Sundays. I know you've probably been hammered and over the head the last few days by other shows, but this is the Deshaun Watson update as we feel it on Sundays. And where we are now is now he he's saying, he's telling them, hey, there's nothing. So do you think in your head, is it 100% now that th- this is not fixable, even if Easterby wasn't here, now that he even told the coach, hey, I'm not interested in playing here. I think he has to at least keep that message consistent. You know, if would you respect him if he would have met with Cully and been like, yeah, I overreacted. I'll be there for camp. You know, that that would be crazy. Or what if he told him, hey, what if he told the coach, hey, I, I want to be here, but there needs to be moves up at top. Not so much you. You're here and you. Let's try something. But what if it, what if he would have took that route with it and said, hey, I'm, I'm willing to stay here. Let, if that happens, why didn't he do that? Is it that means it's, it's not salvageable? Here's what I think it is. It's not Easterby. It's Cal. And, you know, you can't just fire the owner. You know what I mean? So I that's the problem is it's Cal, and he's not going anywhere. Yeah, you know, you, that, that could very well be because he could see the way that Cal has made decisions all throughout this whole time, knowing that ultimately it lands in his lap, though the final call, per se, and he's seen him make multiple bad decisions throughout the years. So maybe he thinks, at this point, let me just go. But then some make such a great point because – What's the goal then? And we talk about that every single Sunday here ever since this whole saga started. 
what's the ultimate goal for him? Is it winning? Because if the Jets keep popping up into this conversation, then it's not winning. I'm not sure that putting him on the Dolphins, I'm not saying the Dolphins aren't a quarterback away from being that much better. Yes, obviously they, they, they were good as it was, but I'm not sure if that's the place that you say, man, I'm going there because I'm going to win there. So once you start dwindling down the teams, you start saying, which team is it really about? Or is it just about, I just want to get the hell out of the Texans. That's all that matters to me. I think that's it, Jerry, because, you know, he has a problem with Texans ownership, right? Well, the Jets ownership is terrible. terrible. You know, when's the last time the Jets were any good? You know, you know, I know they had some decent teams with Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez, but they haven't, you know, typically they're a disaster. And, you know, you talk about problems with ownership. He wants to go to the Dolphins, and we hear a lot of this is maybe there's some political stuff involved that, you know, maybe that's some of his issue with Texans' ownership. Well, I mean, the Dolphins' ownership, they were donating to the Republican Party. You know, most of the owners you're going to find out are typically Republicans. And what's you know? changed politically since he signed? Right. So, I, you know, I have a hard time believing that's what it's about. And Deshaun's not a, a dumb dude. What you know? is it about, though, Josh? Like, at this point, if you had to guess, what is it really about? Because we play these guessing games. We're always guessing what these rap lyrics mean. We're always trying to figure out what the next thing. The other day he said something about, I forget what, uh, being uh, and, loyalty. Uh, loyalty, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. He used the word loyalty. And that sticks out to me because loyalty is a strong word. You know how people say hate is a strong word? Loyalty. I mean, loyalty. I'm loyal to you. I'm your wife, someone, your kids, you're loyal to, right? When you start bringing up loyalty, then you say, well, you shouldn't even be using that word right now. You're, I'm starting to finally see some of the fans, a few of them that weren't, were on the Deshaun train at first and, and wishing him. The, now they're, it's, it's almost getting disrespectful because make your move, but then you say, I have the people that defend him still, and they're saying, well, what's his move if they, if they don't want him to trade him? So then what do you do? What do you do if, if they don't make their move? But then you start talking about money, and that's what I think moves anyone. Of course. Look, this is a deal where – you know, Kobe Bryant and Dr. Buss, when he was running the Lakers, Kobe asked for a trade. You're a big Kobe fan, Jerry. You remember this. And what Dr. Buss tell him? He said, there's no way I will get fair value if I trade you. Ever. Like, what are you right. going to get? Man, I, I was leaving a bar. It's funny you say that. I had a Kobe jersey on. And then when we got home, we saw that he had asked to go to Chicago. We burnt that jersey. Man, I wish I could really? call it. We, we burnt that jersey. Uh, a lot of the drink, take long. a lot of the drinking had to, uh, and this was before the burning jersey saga. You know what I mean? I mean, we're talking about, uh, I mean, early two thousands. You know, maybe late nineties. I mean, it was, it, it was, it was, it was back then. Okay. It, well, it probably happened a lot, but you just never saw it. Because yeah. No social media. Exactly. You weren't really seeing it on social media, so it wasn't even a cool thing. I was straight up. Like I said, a lot of the Jaeger at that point I, had a <laughs> lot to do with it. It was that Jaeger saga, too, because I remember I was burping it up, and I'm just mad, and we put it in a, a chimney or whatever those things are. And, my, I mean, it, we just we burnt it. And, it, I mean, I think it was a fake jersey, to be honest. I'm throwing shots at myself, so I think that <laughs> what made it easier. I remember just taking it off and being like, man, burn it. He's going, And then for years, people brought that up whenever he didn't get traded. And I just – that's why when you bring that up, it's just, it hits home. I remember that. Yeah. But th- I think the Jaeger had a lot to do with it because I felt, I felt like an ass. <laughs> a lot of people made some questionable decisions after some Jaeger, Jerry, so don't feel bad. But I think that's the thing, right? And that's why the Texans are going to hold tight until they have to. You know, and the draft will be one of those, you know, dates where that could change things because after the draft – People are going to be set with their quarterback situation. So trading him after that gets a little more difficult. But I, I think the Texans are going to you – know, 
they're going to hold tight here until he doesn't show up. I think they're going to make him not show up. It's tough with when it comes to deals with these type of players. When, for example, James Harden started going, and you start thinking, well, what's he worth? Like, what's he worth? Because on paper, you know. Now, does it mean the actual hardware as far as titles and championships? No. But you know what he can be. every Night in and night out, you know what you're going to get with him. With someone like Watson, I'm not sure that we're used to this. I mean, who do we compare on this stature in the last five, six, seven years in the NFL that you're saying, man, I don't remember people saying, you better start thinking about five first round. Or when's the last time someone said that that's the starting, that's the starting quote? Five first rounds. You're thinking, when does this happen? When's the last time a franchise quarterback was possibly available in his mid-20s? When's the last time two have been available? And we're going to leave it there because we're going to get to that. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Dial the phone. Disappointed by your HR and payroll technology? Maybe you need to outsource your administration. Go to HRP.net to learn more. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. It's Moneyline. That's Josh Jordan. I'm Jerry Bow, and that's Tyler Scott behind the glass. Man, we get over to the Twitch line. I'm just talking about bullies out there. Don asked me, is your son prepared for school tomorrow? My son is getting bullied. At what age do we start calling him bullied, or, or do we just – do they have to be a certain age? Because my son's young. So you say, at what age is he a bully, or is he just a bad kid, or what? Because this kid, he, he ran up on my son after school on Friday. I posted on Twitter that come Monday, my son's going to be ready. He's going to be equipped for the fight. I mean, I, I guess I have to have more information about it, but it, from what you told me, it sounds like a bully to me. Hey, Don is behind him. Everyone's pulling for him. Again, I asked Josh uh, – do swirlies still exist, or did that die down? When did that die down? In the 90s? Swirlies. I think if you did a swirly now, they'd try to get you with a felony. I think so. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, wedgies, swirlies. I hadn't thought about swirlies in a long time until today. Or, or wedgies. Purple nurples. Yeah, purple nurples. What was a purple nurple? Uh, a twister. Yeah. Oh, the Texas. I, yeah. We used to call it the Texas, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. I don't even know why I came back with that, but let's get back to things that matter, and that's money. And whenever I said that money might make someone move, and let's talk about Watson and exactly how much money it will be. So let's say the first thing, 2020 offseason mandatory minicamp. If he skips that, talking about $93,000 right off the top. Does that make him move? Maybe not yet. Maybe 93000 He's like, man, I got money. I'd rather get out of here quick. And you start talking about if he starts uh, skipping training camp, 50000 a day, 40 days in training camp with six days off, mandatory, so it's 34 days. That's another $1.7. Does it, does it grab his attention yet? Maybe not quite. How about the amount of a regular season game check for each preseason game? At the base salary of 10.54, does that move him yet? Maybe that does. But, but look, if, if he's dug in, he's dug in. I think it's regular season is when – when we're really looking at it. If he digs in at that point, he's at 3.65 if we're getting to that regular season. And I know also that if he doesn't participate in at 
at least 85% of off-season activities, he loses a $500,000 bonus as well. And then on top, uh, the, he's got another signing bonus that would be 5.4 that he would have to return that's in another signing bonus that's been included because he didn't fulfill these, uh, I guess, necessities that were needed in the contract. Yeah, I mean, I think Florio had a piece on Pro Football Talk. It's it's going to be like over $20 million he has to give back if he doesn't show up. So then if he skips and then he returns in 2022, his base salary would be 10.54 based on 16 games. And then 2022, he would make a salary of overall $35 million, Yeah, the way it's all structured. And the way I understand it, I don't think you get a credit towards uh, a year of service if you don't show up and actually participate in X number of games. Remember, we saw that with Dwayne Brown. Remember, he showed up in like October or something like that, so we still got credit for that season. Uh, you Things know, have changed. Yeah, so, you know, look, you signed the contract, man. If they want to hold you to it, they can. Between that and then the old pat on the back, yeah, don't pay us the money that we were going to find you. That doesn't exist anymore. The new CBA changed that. There's no more of that. We were just pulling your chain. We're hoping you showed up. Thanks for being here. No, there's money still to be paid. There is. You're right. That that used to be like a wink-wink deal. You hold out and all the fines once we agree on a – a new contract we wipe the fines away but yeah that doesn't exist anymore you still have to pay those and here's the thing we, we did a, a sports map video guys sports map houston website.com we do all kinds of great texans rockets and astros content videos and we had aj hoffman on the other day and i thought he made a really good point deshaun if you're serious you really want out of here wave your no trade clause you know like what are we talking but then he can get Traded to an, an, a team that's non-winner. But then you say, what about the Jets? Aren't right. they a non-winner? If you'd go there, wouldn't you go anywhere? Well, at least it's a big city, though. I yeah. would think also maybe look at the destinations that we have. Florida, big city, big market. Uh, New York, you know, big city, big market. I think that he'd be scared that they would stick him maybe in these one of these little places. All of a sudden, he's stuck there. That's maybe one of his, his worries. It could be. I, I know... There was a report that was out earlier this week that Carolina is also on that list of teams he would go to. That it was three teams, the Jets, the Panthers, and the Dolphins. And what's so appetizing about there? If if Carolina would have to make multiple moves, don't get me wrong, they have those receivers, but someone, some of those are coming back. Something's coming back. If not, I mean, they're having to break up the nucleus of that team. Anybody, whoever it is, they have to break up the nucleus of that team. Now, the Jets keeps coming up in conversations, though, because they have space to work. And then I guess they have Darnold that they can give you in return as a as a holdover, something to hold you over before you eat the, your main portion and you get it somewhere else throughout the, the picks and, and equity that you gain. But, I mean, what does Darnold think right now? Like, what am I, baloney? He's probably thinking that. But, you know, I saw, you know, Mel Kuyper, you know, how this is the time of year, right? Mel Kuyper's putting out his mock drafts, and he thinks the Jets should hold on to Darnold. He doesn't think that if, if – you know, if they don't end up trading for Watson, he doesn't think they should go draft a quarterback. He he has them taken. I think he hasn't taken the, the best tight end in the draft in that spot. And his his point is he doesn't think that outside of maybe Trevor Lawrence, there's a quarterback in this draft that's better than Sam Darnold. Than Sam Darnold. Yeah, well, he said, look, think of who he's been surrounded with, like the talent, and his garbage offensive coordinator and Adam Gase. Remember he got off to that bad start with the mono, and then he's also had some some other injury issues. He's like – Tell me one quarterback that would have had a chance of being successful in that situation. And that's that's hard to argue. No, it's true. And you, you think of what he was rated on. I know Lance Erline was super big on him. Yeah. Um, there's something to it. There was something there. 
maybe he's in the in the wrong place right now and and, and switching him. But the Texans does that make him somewhere? You know that 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 he can all of a sudden grow to who he maybe could be. I'm not sure that he has the weapons there as well. So then at that point, you end up getting that same Sam Darnold that you got there. Who here is going to coach him to be great? You know, a lot of these coach, a lot of these guys that end up becoming, it, it, they just fall in the right place at the right time, at the right moment, with the right weapons around them, the right coaching staff. But here in town, I don't know if he has that. Now, back to Sports Map, there's another article that you guys did that that it says Nick Casario is cleaning house. Yeah, in in house things are getting cleaned. Now we need it to be on the roster as well. What do you have to say about all those moves? I, I love the moves. Duke Johnson, yet another terrible Bill O'Brien trade. You know, you trade a third-round pick for a guy that you have to pay $5 million a year to, and he's a third-down running back. I mean, they hardly even used him. That's what didn't make any sense to me. For how much money they were paying him for the third-round draft pick they gave him, they hardly used the guy. I know he had some injuries last year as well, but that made no sense to me. And then cutting Nick Martin, great move. He's making way too much money. Another Bill O'Brien extension that he overpaid for somebody. Surprise, surprise. So Casario comes in, says, no, we're good. And if they're going to be terrible, do you need to be paying a center that much money? You know, especially one that's not truly elite? No. So I think that was the right move. They, they cleared out at least about $10 million in cap space for this year, and they need that cap space. Luckily, they're now under the cap because of the J.J. Watt release, and now these two moves. So at least, you know, free agency is coming up here in March. At least the Texans now maybe have a little money to actually do something. But how about the other Johnson, David? And now we're seeing reports that the Texans would like to retain him if possible, but he's due that $7.95 million uh, base salary in 2021. Two point one million guaranteed. I'm not sure that he needs to get that. So, he, but he's saying that he also wants to be here in town. I don't think that he needs to get paid anywhere close to that. No, the, the only I think the only way they keep him is if they feel like they have a bargain on that deal. And David Johnson sees these older running backs. It's hard to find a job in the NFL because you're getting paid more money, and they can just draft a rookie who gets paid a lot less. Will be good for several years. It makes sense. So. He's going to try and cling on to a team if he can. But here's the other thing. Part of this is saving face, Jerry. This is, hey, we don't want to just straight cut the guy that we got for DeAndre Hopkins one year after we got him. You know what I mean? This is, I think this has a little bit of Jack Easterby on it going like, hey, this trade's going to look even worse. Like, we don't know it was one of the worst trades in NFL history, but it's going to look even worse if you're cutting the guy that you, that you got for DeAndre Hopkins after one year. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I remember thinking that they were going to run him extra just to try to make him look better when yeah. they first got him, just to say, you know, see, it worked out. It's a great trade. I believe, yeah. <laughs> you see, I told you so. Ross Blacklight and David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. It's a great deal. I hate that. I still never just, it, it'll always have a bad taste in my mouth every time I talk about it. But we've got 15 minutes and then we're going to court. We're Ooh. taking someone to court here today on Moneyline. You'll find out soon why, who. And we'll talk about that quarterback we teased earlier. Another quarterback, a generational talent on the market, and it's getting serious. Moneyline, ESPN, 97.5. You're listening to ESPN, 97.5. I don't blame you, Don.
listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. It's Moneyline. Shout out to everyone on Twitch. Finally get Aaron, uh, getting everyone in there. Eva Hojo's in the house. BMF TX 75's in the house. Crystal, what's happening? Dr. Dre, as always, checking in. We appreciate you guys always hanging out every single Sunday, 713-780-3776. If you want to call, you want to get in and talk about anything from Watson to the guy that we're going to talk about now and someone that I keep thinking, is is this can it really be true that Russell Wilson is available? Is he available? Is this true at all? Um, what do you make of this? Because every day we're hearing more and more things come out. Now I'm hearing that. Russell Wilson thinks that Pete Carroll and his sons answer to no one. And if you're hearing that kind of talk, then obviously there's something. When there's smoke, there's fire. No doubt about it. I Look, I think this is kind of similar to the Texan situation, right, to where the Seahawks don't want to trade Russell Wilson. You know, I, I, don't, think that's, I don't think that's the case. But I don't think Russ really wants to be there anymore. He hasn't come out and demanded a trade. But according to The Athletic, think he would prefer a trade and he, there we got a list of teams that his agent already put out agents aren't putting out teams or players preferred destinations if their player wants to stay where they are that that's not a thing so I think Russ wants out and it sounds kind of like what's going on with Deshaun right he doesn't feel like he's being heard that apparently a big problem was caused before they played the Arizona Cardinals last year and during the game planning that uh, Russ had some ideas on how they could improve the offense, and Pete Carroll and his sons didn't like the ideas. They 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 didn't really hear Russ out and didn't implement those ideas. And then the game, uh, from what I recall, didn't go well, and Russ was really upset. I also heard that Russ was really upset watching Tom Brady win the Super Bowl, and I think part of that was remember we heard all those rumors about Antonio Brown and the Seahawks. You remember that. And, and Russ was one of the guys that wanted him. And then he sees him go with Tom Brady and catch a touchdown in the Super Bowl. So Russ is seeing that, you know, Brady has, hey, let's bring in Leonard Fournette. Hey, that worked out. Let's bring Gronk out of retirement. That worked out. He's seeing Tom being trusted to, to make decisions about how the offense should go. We talked about this, too. Tom Brady totally changed the offense at the end of the year, and it worked out great. So I think Russ is thinking, like, man – if I had an opportunity to do that, I'd be winning Super Bowls too. And then he's seeing Deshaun trying to force his way out of here because Deshaun doesn't feel like his input was appreciated within the organization. So I think we're seeing a shift, you know, in the NFL with these these quarterbacks. They know that they have power and they're going to try and use it. Is it maybe a case of being a little spoiled because all the success he had early in his career? He was making runs to the Super Bowl early. But, again, we talk about quarterbacks being on that rookie deal, yep. and that allows you to make moves throughout your, your the, the entirety of your um, roster. But then those other guys got old. The Legion of Boom got old. They wanted to get paid, too. So they had to go. By the time that Russell went to get paid, most of them were gone. And then injuries happened. And then Earl Thomas just went crazy. Uh, I mean, everything just fell apart as far it seems like maybe after that Super Bowl that they lost at the end, you know. It just seems like maybe everything crumbled. But now you say – that was, I'm not going to say an era, a dynasty, because a dynasty to me maybe has to be closer to the double-digit range, you know, that 8, 9, 10. Then you start saying, wow, okay, that's a dynasty we're talking about. They had that mini dynasty. So then how much success was he really expecting 
because he had that mini dynasty, did he? What he just thought he was just going to be a pickup where you say Tom Brady and and, and watching him and Antonio Brown does he does that set the bar for everyone now that's considered pretty much elite? Like, man, I have to have a, a career like Brady, which I'm not sure in, in my, my lifetime that I'll see one that goes like Brady. Not the longevity of it, not the success of it, and then going to another team and having immediate success. I don't think we'll see that ever. Not like that. Not this story. Not like that. Not at that age. I mean, I don't think. It's just not possible. You have to take care of yourself in a certain way. There is not another Tom Brady out there. Not in this lifetime for me. So then you ask yourself, where do you go from there? Here's part of that, right? With Tom, we're already hearing that he's going to take a little bit less money this year <laughs> so that they can fit more guys surprise, under the salary surprise. cap. And, you know, we saw that in New England for years. Tom was never taking top-of-the-market quarterback money because he knew that the more he took, the less they had to, to put talent around him. And that's always been the case. So that's something with Russ where it's like, hey, man, you took that huge contract. If you want more help, maybe take a little less. There'll be more money for you. And you know, it's funny, Eric Mangini was on with Colin Cowherd the other day, and he told a story about Tom Brady. He goes, Tom has always been like that. He goes, remember when Tom got his very first major commercial, which was like a Visa commercial? I don't know if you remember this. You remember Tom insisted that his offensive lineman be in the commercial with him. Do you remember yep, that? Yep. And so Tom has always been that guy. And that's what Eric Mangini made up that point. Like, that's in Tom's DNA. He is a team guy. He is about winning. He is about sharing the credit with his teammates. He's about sharing his money so that everybody has a chance to succeed. So if Russ wants some of that Tom success, maybe redo your deal. You know, if, if you're really upset with how things are going, there are things that you can control to help put a better team around you. I think that's what it comes to. We talk about the, the NFL being a copycat league, right? Well, why aren't people trying to copycat and follow that structure? But then again, it goes down on the player. The, the, of the franchise for sure is going to be like, look, exhibit A, yeah, Tom Brady. Then all of a sudden, no other guys are going to be like, yeah, I don't have the, the side money he had. I don't have a wife that has the kind of money. But then when you talk about Russ Wilson, his wife does got bread. Yeah. So what's 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 the difference other than that he was in a spot that he, where he was spoiled at the beginning, and then all of a sudden he had some success, got money, then the team kind of started falling off, got old. Now he's having success still. They're still in the playoffs usually. They're still making their runs. They won, what, 12 games Yeah, last year? they're still. 12 win, let's call it they're still double-digit winning type of team, right? They're still the, a marquee team. So what's changed other than him not being able to take that extra step? How many teams keep taking that extra step? It's tough. He had his gap. Then it fell off. How many players in their career do you really say over football? Man, he had an early gap, then it kind of fell off, and then he had another one. Don't get me wrong. We start thinking about it. We're going to single out a few. It doesn't really happen like that. It's about windows. It's there's much more to this game of football, and it's not a, 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 mod, a Madden roster. You know, it's not like just plugging in guys and let's yeah. go. There's financials to it. There's gaps. There's windows, and, and that window past the uh, the Seattle Seahawks. It, I mean, look how bad their defense was to start the year, but yeah. also at the same time they went out and got Adams. Yes, they went out and got a, what what Dunlap or whoever it was. Right, they made some moves. Um, they tried. They tried to make Russ happy. They traded for Clowney. So then you ask yourself, a couple years ago, what point do you tell these quarterbacks that they have just too much? Imp- they just have too much power. Like, at what time does that power run out, or is just just the way the direction that we're going in sports? I in, think this is where it's going. Right in fifteen years, is this the direction that we're going to have in sports? In fifteen years, are we going to say that 
that that franchises and organizations are going to be reluctant of giving that no trade clause? Like that's going to be really the turning factor in in trade negotiations? Like no, the money we're good on, but we're not doing this no trade clause stuff because we've seen how how teams get stuck. Uh, Russ got one. He has one of those. He does. So I- then. He, he, either he's going to wear the Saints because now you have the Saints mayor and coming out and, and the Saints mayor's pitching this. I've heard the rumors now and I want to make sure that you understand that the city of New Orleans is a place for you and your beautiful family. I'm Latoya Cantrell, mayor of the city of New Orleans, and I know, Mr. Wilson, that you will be a great addition to the New Orleans Saints. And more importantly, I can see us in that number, winning that Super Bowl championship once again. And what else I can see? The Mrs. Sierra Wilson herself on that main stage during the historical Essence Festival. Just wanted to stop in to let you know that we not only admire you, we, we want you. Love you, man. Love Sierra. Love your beautiful family. The culture of the city of New Orleans awaits you. I like how wow. she tuned the music back up, too. Yeah. Like she, she, there was some production value to this. She had a DJ. Yeah. She, <laughs> well, she cued it up and out. But, I mean, now you got Mayor Gate. Let's call it Mayor Gate. Uh, she wants Sierra and the family to one, two step all the way down to New Orleans. Um, I don't know I, who doesn't want Russ. At first you say who can afford him. Right. But then yeah. you say, when it's a Russ, you start saying Russell Wilson. I mean, I mean, we can make space and imagine what he would do on that roster with that good defense in New Orleans. But here's the thing. Remember last week we did a segment on rumors of, of Drew Brees, maybe not retiring. Do you see his trainer this week posting photos of him working out, pushing a sled? He's out there pushing. Yeah. yeah. He's out there throwing tires. I saw this, man. We need to, we need to pray for Drew Brees. But like, why? if you're planning on retiring, why are you doing that? Oh, he's not retiring all of a sudden. I, I might have spoke too early. I remember and Donna's probably going to call me out because she's a Saints fan. And I went out and said, you know, it's crazy. I'm getting old seeing these rivers and, and Brees. And she was like, did Brees say that he was retiring? See? I'm like, I'm reading between the lines. She didn't even hit me back out there. Okay, she's she's feeling some type of way. Don't call it over to it's over. And the way this man's out there, I'm saying where. But then, okay, Cowboy fan, how do you feel right now? Because you you wouldn't take Russ, and, and all of a sudden you, he, he's saying, I, I mean, I'll play there. Then all of a sudden you're thinking, all right, hold up on the Dak talk real quick. Dak, sit down. Does, Dak's got to be thinking, damn it. As soon as he read that, damn it. I was, <laughs> I was rounding second base, you jerks. All of a sudden, he calls back. He calls Jerry back, and he's and Jerry doesn't answer. He hits him back with, "I'm busy. I'll hit you back." One of the pre-wrote messages. I'm busy. Call you back. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at right now. Because if Russell Wilson's on the table, you wait. If you're gonna get, oh yeah, you wait. You ask, "What kind of steak do I have to eat?" Oh, this 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 tough steak. And then all of a sudden, Russell Wilson is is available. I mean, what would Cowboy fan do? Again, Cowboy fan, if you're listening out there, 713-780-3776. The phone lines are open for you. Texans fan, what do you want to do? What are we going to do in this city with Deshaun Watson? When does it need to happen? But I know what happens next. We're going to court. There's a snitch. There's a rat in this city, and he's creeping. There's a bad things that they're wishing on me. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. 
bad things. It's a lot of bad things that they wish and wish and wish and wish and they wish on me. You're listening to ESPN 97.5.